Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Eden. Hi, Ioni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. I'm Eden, I'm the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast where we pull apart the hashtag discourse while trying to make some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Ioni, do we have any reviews? We do, we do. Um, this is from Charlotte Vanderwater in the US of A. Five stars, thank you, girlies. I found this podcast a month or two ago and have been listening to at least one episode every day since and have recommended it to multiple friends. I really appreciate your informed, nuanced, and amusing takes on some of my favorite topics. The anti-intellectualism episode was one of my favorites so far. I've always been interested in both pop culture and feminism, but considered the two Antith, how do you say antithetical? Like the antithesis of each other. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. But I'm so happy that I found somewhere to learn more about pop culture through a feminist lens. Can't wait to listen to the new episodes. Keep up the good work. Love heart, love heart, love heart. Which is so cute. Thank you. Love the name as well. Like yeah, very Serena Vanderwoodson or what was she called? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, old money, stuff, wealth, core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Thank you. Money whispers or whatever the fucking everyone's saying on TikTok these days. Mm-hmm. Wealth whispers. Wealth whispers money talks or some shit. I don't know. Listen to our stealth wealth episode if you want to know more. Yeah, exactly. We did the episode like a month ago and now everybody's everyone's talking about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> however, today we are talking about the antithesis of stealth of wealth, of money, of etc. We're talking about the death. Dun, 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 of digital media which is coming out of the news that multiple outlets have either closed down or are filing for bankruptcy or seem to be on the way out so this started um around a month ago maybe a bit under a month ago with the shutting of Galdem, which I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with it was a UK media organization um for people of color um people of colour from marginalised gender identities. And then last week came the shocking news that Paper Magazine had fired all of its staff and had ceased operations with immediate effect. Um, I'm sure everyone is familiar with Paper Magazine also who listens to this podcast, if you're not fair enough. Um, They did the Kim Break the Internet cover. Um, They did... 
most recently, like their most recent couple was Ice Spice. They did those pictures of Rihanna when she's in a bodega. Um, and she has like the punk Cynthia oh, from Rugrats hair. Love that, love those pictures. Inspired um, many, many bodega photo shoots. Yeah, they were known for like, you know, very idiosyncratic. Is that the right use of idiosyncratic? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, pop culture stuff like they always got you know like the meme girlies before anyone else the tiktok girlies before anyone else like yeah earlier this year they had terry joe i remember they did like how baddie first whatever yeah. whatever so they ceased operations last week which is really interesting because we'll go into this site with some of the other publications that have closed down but obviously I have a keen interest (laughs) in when stuff like this happens or a deep-rooted fear maybe but I don't think you put it in your research Eden but in the ad weekly kind of like report that broke the news it was saying that they were shutting due to a decline in digital advertising sales not even because they'd had like necessarily a downtick in hits on the website but because less people were advertising and also that their business model was based around advertisements as opposed to like brand content partnerships which is like how we make money here at polyester so it sounds like it was more of the old school way of doing things but I also think paper poses an interesting question which doesn't apply to us (laughs) no not in not in a um not in a braggy way but I'm like I don't want people to think this is about like this is something that happens to us also because it doesn't but like how much do the hypey covers actually generate like income clicks on the website because I don't think I ever clicked on paper's website and that's just me being honest I don't think I did either I definitely have probably shared stuff on Instagram but yeah and obviously with the Kim thing that really did break the internet it was saying that they got like 16 million website hits off the back of that kim Mm -hmm. cover which seems kind of insane and that it kind of like launched kim into a different realm of like fashion celebrity and stuff which is true that was like 10 years ago yeah you kind of need to be doing something more than once every 10 years no i think they consistently did such good yeah 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 I think it was really fun, which is something that is lacking. But I do think there's something to be said in like legacy because paper was founded in the 80s. It was actually founded by an amazing editor called Kim Hastreiter and then a guy called Mickey. And it's incredible. Yeah, It always has been like it's stuck really, really true to its brand values over time. I think you can see like a really great through thread of what paper is, you know, immediately what it looks like. And they've also managed to adapt to like current cultural trends and aesthetics while remaining true to like being this zeitgeisty pop culture thing like I really have a lot of respect for paper magazine but if you you would think of them as like one of the one of the most like meme like they're always putting memes on their Instagram like they Mm -hmm. do a lot of like TikTok news coverage to get views like they're constantly mining for social media hits right yeah but it's interesting that that doesn't translate to enough to keep a business afloat. Yeah, which is, we're kind of taught now that that is the most valuable thing, like going viral or being big on social media. But this has proven that you can't, that's not, that can't be your bread and butter. Like, and it's only going to keep you afloat for a certain amount of time. Well, it's also that maybe like something like paper 
despite it being huge, doesn't really have like a dedicated audience. It has more like a fair weather audience that, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, the covers look at the things, but I think the covers are what they're most famous for rather than like any other coverage. So then if you're not interested in that celebrity who is on the cover, you wouldn't go back every month. Yeah. Like where other outlets maybe are known for like their news or like their breaking stories or other forms of like journalism. Essays, commentary, like first person, activism. Yeah. Like obviously Gardem did like a lot of reports and like activism and Mm -hmm. like not studies, but you know, I'm very tired today. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. How do you get the balance right? Yeah, that's true. Well, Okay, now let's move on. So Vice apparently is also filing for bankruptcy. The big bad wolf of the internet is maybe dead. No, Vice is actually good, but uh, it was like sometimes it's good. <laughs> Vice also has like a lot of people like in in its bracket, like Refinery29 yeah. and ID. I think who else? Yeah, ID. So that's like a real blow. So what's going on with Vice? They are fi- well, it, have they actually filed for it or is it just like a rumour? I think it's a rumour. Right. I think it's just a report. Okay. Yeah, read yeah, well, the it research. Said, it it said must in... be factually <laughs> correct. Yeah, so Vice is reportedly uh, close to filing for bankruptcy. They were once valued at nearly $6 billion. Uh, so in 2017, they were they were valued at $5.7 billion. Uh, Rupert Murdoch and Disney clamoured for a slice of its youth appeal. And now it's worth $1.5 billion. So it's dropped a lot in like mm-hmm. what the, those like how many years is that seven years? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, seven years. And then they cancelled Vice News, and then they made a hundred people redundant. So it doesn't seem doesn't seem good at the moment. Doesn't seem like there's good times at Vice. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Disney explored a three billion dollar deal to buy vice in 2015 and then they wrote it off as worthless in 2019 so like why the sudden change like why is it like they were once like the the highest point and then even disney's like slagging them and saying no we don't really want anything to do (laughs) what's changed what has changed yeah and then there was like rumors circulating on twitter over the weekend that id had folded all of its international like franchises so id france id italy id japan um leaving the uk one the only like remaining id which Mm -hmm. hasn't actually been verified i looked on twitter before we started recording yeah but uh too long didn't read bad time to be an independent magazine <laughs> BuzzFeed Love as well have our jobs oh yeah <laughs> tell us about BuzzFeed BuzzFeed uh, fired 180 staff and closed BuzzFeed News which like BuzzFeed was obviously like clickbait listicle mm-hmm. kind of stuff but then kind of shifted towards like actually trying to do like groundbreaking journalism um, and I can't, I can't think off the top of my head like what stories they broke but I think they broke like quite a few like mad stories in the past couple of years. Didn't they break uh, Dee Ro- and Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Did they? I oh, think so. Incredible. I mean, that's one for the history books right there. <laughs> um, but this is the thing, though. All of these publications are quite millennial. Bo-bo-bum. And Gen Z, 
everyone's pushing we need to do what gen z want we need to do what gen z like we they are they are the tastemakers they are the ones that we need to try and get interested in our publication in our memes in our social media so who knows millennial publishing is irrelevant it seems well this isn't new so i've been in journalism spaces for nine or ten years now lol i'm 29 my first internship was when i was 20 and even then things were bad like shortly Mm -hmm. after i entered freelance journalism or i don't even know the pool does anyone remember that that shut down um half post shut down in the uk Mm -hmm. um i can't even remember enemy it was like the period where everything went digital only so enemy took their print out of distribution um so everything went to like quarterly like dazed and id and everyone fr- went from monthly to quarterly mm. everyone was pivoting to video so it's not as if digital media does not have a history of being tumultuous and yeah. impossible to navigate yes if I speak too much, I will get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you think we've pivoted too far into the digital? Do you think? No, absolutely not. People haven't been able to adapt enough. Is the truth? Like, it's the mm. truth of the matter. Um, legacy. The the media industry has a huge problem because, like, legacy media titles. And I would just like to omit paper from this because I'm not too au fait with the American industry and how people make money in America media mm. but we we have an issue in this country in the UK where and London specifically which is where all the publications come out of where these all the publications that are like independent style magazines so like ID etc etc launched in the 90s then had to grapple with the rise of digital media and have pretty much been like running on a treadmill ever since like they Mm -hmm. have never been able to actually like harness digital first print media as a whole package that you bundle up as a business like proposition to people Mm -hmm. so it relies on like goodwill from brands like kind of like brands knowing what they're getting by paying these magazines for advertising Mm. it relies on their legacy it relies on their like reputation in the industry as being these things that don't necessarily hold true today um I think it's a double-edged sword because yeah we saw like paper did have a really great social media presence did have amazing talent but then did not harness that into being able to monetize their offering um here it seems like in my opinion lots of legacy media brands are given too much money to not be reaching customers um and not be reaching audiences and print is something that always does have to change and I don't want to sound it's very precarious to be a journalist and a lot of people do amazing work under the publications that have folded. Like I like a lots of, you know, people that I know and really respect have come through Vice, have come through ID, have come through paper. I don't know anyone that's at BuzzFeed to be fair, but I'm sure they are all amazing people. Um, and it's not the journalist's fault. It's that there's no, it's that the balance isn't correct. Like with something like Vice, it started as DIY, right? It mm. started as like, you know, this kind of like anarchic um, 
blog first, like satirical, irony led youth thing, and then it became really serious. Yeah. Um, it sold for billions. And then when you make that transition into a hugely commercial space, they're only chasing the money. So they've had to switch editorial direction four or five times over the last decade to chase where money is. And through that, they haven't been able to establish like a concrete base that people would keep going back to them for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've watered down their brand. Yeah. I mean, let's not get into, like, the guy that started Vice. Exactly. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I guess people, you have to have that that client base that's coming back to you because they agree with the kind of the, the like, vibe that you have. And if you change that constantly, because you're working with the big dogs who are saying, well, we need more money, we need more Do you think it's a case of, like, too many cocks? Like, yeah, 100%. The, there's just too much money and too many people involved that the, the not the business model, but, like, the mission statement gets lost. Yeah, and the mission statement has to, like, directly align with then how you commercialise your business, right? Like, I know mm. no one... Like, the thing is, I also feel like, you know, all of these magazines and independent magazines, including us, are considered these, like, flowery, nice, cultural things that, like, should exist, like, because of the integrity of them being amazing, which mm. in an ideal world is true. Like, obviously, it would be great if polyester or paper or vice could just continue with their, like, core journalistic standards. But this split comes when your commercial offering strays too far from that I think because then you lose your audience yeah people I guess people don't have faith in like what you're doing anymore uh because they think you've sold out this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool. 
maybe well that is another thing we could we need to tackle i feel i mean everyone has to sell out a little bit baby that's capitalism what does selling out even mean like this is the thing i feel like we kind of in the past 10 years we adopted this like fierce sellout cult like anti sellout culture mm. alongside also hustle culture which is really weird so like we expect it from influencers but then if anyone with like cultural integrity does it it's bad but then we also like excuse someone like a day's ID for doing advertorial because it's what they've always done mm. but then like bemoan when younger publications like Galdem fail like try to and then fail to commercialize their offering because it's seen as selling out it's a very sticky subject but at the end of the day media has never been i also think this is like a big misconception so there's this twitter thread called like by someone called chana at paranoid likes mm-hmm. um and they this person is basically saying that magazines are turning to ai and firing staff because they virtually make almost no money magazine publishing is incredibly incestuous for the most part the only people who buy magazines are also people who make slash are interested in making magazines buying magazines like selling the cover price has never been what makes magazines money like there's no way like no magazine would ever make money if it was relying on the price that they sell for in shops like even before the internet it was the advertising that made the magazines money and then the cover price is what pays for the distribution and the printing like please someone if you can show me like a magazine that makes profit from just printing alone like i would love to see it it's just not true like it's not true they'd have to sell like millions of copies yeah it'd have to be like a newspaper and even newspapers don't run on that you know what i mean like it's just it has a fundamental misunderstanding anyway this person then goes on to say people who end up working for publications like paper id are people who went to a specific set of colleges slash unis places where they literally sell those magazines to students the average person doesn't consume media that way anymore people casually interested in fashion but not professionally invested will never go out and buy a magazine why would they when they can just open TikTok slash Instagram and get more up to date engaging content? The chain of command is too big at those media companies. By the time they write about a trend, it's already over. They report on culture. They have long stopped actually making culture happen. Not to just pick this person apart. A magazine's job is never to create culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. It is to report on culture. That is what and a magazine exists for. Yeah. yeah, it's it's meant to be a, like an amalgamation, a reflection of what goes on in the world. It's not meant to be... Like, you can spearhead it through conglomerating lots of things that happen at one point mm. and then put them out into the world in a cohesive, thought-out way. But it's not like... Dazed, it's never been like Dazed ID's job to sit there and go, hmm, what's the new trend? Coquette core, let's do an editorial <laughs> about it. Like, that's not yeah. how magazines work. Like, it never has been. And it's not how a good magazine should work. Like, a good magazine should always be a reflection of the world around it, not trying to, like, um, retroactively fit what they think the world should be into it. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. It's also, like, the the way that a magazine would work it's too slow to even try and do that i guess yeah but why would you do it like it's a platform oh no this is just always <laughs> something that annoys me like a magazine is a platform it's a springboard it's like a tv channel like yeah it's like anything people certain people are attracted to certain parts of it like certain different audiences are attracted to different publications because they represent their worldview. Mm. i am really like anti the point of view that a magazine should dictate it should be like dictated to and then represent that to the world 
Yeah, because it should be it should be many different viewpoints that have collaborated to create the magazine, not just yeah. one person. Also, saying that like people interested in the fashion but never professionally interested or like have it as a job would never go out and buy a magazine. It's definitely not true. <laughs> I mean, it's it, yeah. It's obviously, I'm sure the people that actually are keeping magazines alive are not people that work in fashion. Uh, like teenagers buying it to put on their bedroom walls. Yeah. Like, for us, like, we can say, like, from our publication, like, the people that buy polyester or sign up for their free print issues are either people that love the publication, Mm -hmm. and then to bring in new readers, it's either through certain contributors that bring their audience, or, like, fandoms. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Like, it's not people that are into fashion, but, I mean, we're not a particularly fashion-focused publication, but... It's the same with paper, right? Like, paper wasn't particularly... It was a fashion magazine, but it wasn't, like, I don't know, perfect magazine where you go just for that. And I think publishers Mm. do know this because Perfect Magazine, for example, had, like, 20 covers last time with, like, everyone you can ever think of from, like, Sam Smith to Christine Quinn. Like, they tried to hit every single section of the... Exactly. But this does like say like all of this closing and especially when it comes to like the high fashion, higher fashion magazines trying to buckle. It's like it's time to say the quiet part out loud. Whereas like these these magazines are being funded through like investment and brand relationships that probably no longer serve the investors or the brand relationships. Because the only part I agree with is this thread, which obviously I'm highly biased, is that like it's saying this media doesn't really speak to anyone anymore. It's too out of date for TikTok teenagers. Doesn't reflect the reality of young adults drowning in student debt. Artists, writers are now constantly forced to put out free content to get their foot in the door. The best art gets turned into content on social media where it's viewed the same as a three second cat video by the algorithm. The tech companies don't care. We give them our best stuff for free while they make millions. We need to make, basically it ends by saying like we need to start, start our own stuff um, that speaks to our generation, which um, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are here <laughs> and also easier said than done of course yeah no it's really hard but I do agree mm. that they're new, like for some of these for media in general some of them should just ex- have existed as a moment in time or should have changed more drastically to follow their audience yeah. um, like should have either remained more true to who they were and like kept that audience and grew with them like became older with them essentially or you know, there's a natural life cycle of some things. And I don't think it's it's sad and it's horrible when we lose publications because not a lot of publications get the opportunity to thrive in the first place. But there is still, like, a wealth of options out there, like, many, many options mm. which deserve the opportunity to be funded, like us, lol, <laughs> that, you know, have interesting ideas about how to commercialise, that have like new age business models yeah like a lot of the time I think just like this can get very into like print is dead the internet is bad and we know firsthand that's not the case and they need to work in harmony as well yeah of course yin and yang um also yeah print's definitely not dead there will always be people that buy magazines there will always be like you said fans there will always be collectors yeah, there will always be people that, that want to purchase physical media, whether it be records, books, magazines. Right, I saw this tweet the other day being like, oh, <laughs> TikTok teens are really going back to physical media, spiking mm-hmm. record sales, spiking books, spiking 
um whatever vhs tapes surely yeah. that means magazines will have a spike i'm like i'm sorry teenagers have been obsessed with ephemera forever yeah. like the yeah. same conversation happened when we were teenagers 14 years ago when it was about like i don't know i don't even know what it was like vhs's i collected vhs's for what reason because yeah. it was cool because it's cool and it was at, like old 200 dvds like why <laughs> is that pe- teenagers love ephemera they love to collect yeah, things yeah, some yeah, people yeah. then bring that into their adult life like yeah. this has always been real since the internet existed yeah. it's yeah it's always been there it's not gonna die like people will always want physical media as much as people try and denounce it like tech is on the rise social media the internet elon musk i don't fucking know um but yeah obviously print has like people buying print magazines and like media has gone down but people will always want it and you just need to adapt adapt or die like i know it's sad that we can't exist in this world where you like go out and buy a magazine once a month and that's how you find out about all your culture and like Mm. that's where you see the images that you're obsessed with and but we are bombarded with images and stuff all the time so you have to stand out if you make physical media yeah and give people another reason to come to it yeah you can't just be chasing the the high of having like a viral moment with like ice spice like you need to be offering something more concrete than that i think we haven't even got into like the subscriber model Subscribe to the Polyester Dollhouse from £2.50 a month. You could be a supporter, support independent publishing. I mean, this is something I always say in terms of like, we've been doing subscribe. (laughs) I just don't want this to sound like just a massive plug for us, but we've been doing like the Dollhouse for two years or whatever, which is our subscriber model. And a lot of people also, I find it jarring how these conversations often come with no like context of that people always complain all the time that they fucking hate the media and that Mm. like these magazines are bad representations of what people are that they're elitist that they only push western beauty standards but then when they close it's like the world's ended and nothing good will ever exist again do you know what i mean like i find that very hypocritical and this is not to say like i really don't want to seem like i'm annoyed at journalists for being sad they've lost their jobs like no one should have to go through losing their jobs no one should have to go through redundancy and obviously we did lose like a truly great radical magazine in Galden. but when i when i say this i'm talking about legacy publications and old mm. publications that have traditionally been sexist been racist been every ism that exists so why are we all not pretending that that's true just because they've shut down mm. And why are we not looking for smaller things that, that are saying what we want to say? Or... Yeah, exactly. So when people ask me in talks and stuff like, oh, how do we change things? The truth is that people do have more power. Like all these magazines closing is proof that consumers are really the powerful ones because at the end of the day, it catches up to you. It doesn't matter if, um, you know, if you're invested by like legacy media people if you have advertisers that have been advertising with you for 40 years like not being interesting and like interesting does mean socially progressive in my personal opinion will mean things catch up to you but also the odds are stacked against people like polyester and other smaller magazines like the odds are stacked for big legacy media publications Mm. it'll take them like 20 more years to shut down than ever with polyester like 
we're always like six months away from shutting down. Like proof of it, like we do our budget six months in advance. If nothing came in for six months, we would just go. That's the truth. But it really is up to audiences. Like, and it doesn't even just have to be monetary, which is the thing, because I know like so much media can be inaccessible. Like listening to this is massively helpful. Like the growth we've been able to achieve on this podcast is incredible. And then the next step to that would be, yeah, like becoming a member or just buying a zine once or interacting on social media. Like Mm. we talk so much all the time about data mining right like everything we do on the internet is being recorded somewhere (laughs) so like you can use the way you use your data and spread your data around the internet for good by Mm. you know supporting smaller publications not just big ones for with the clickbaity headline yeah share share our clickbaity headlines and stats yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't do clickbait no, do we? We, don't. no we don't no we don't do seo journalism we don't no. we don't even care about seo <laughs> <laughs> we care about you guys we care about you seo i hardly know her um but yeah i don't know what's what's like what's like closing thoughts too long didn't read this has been my horrible thoughts and i'm sorry if i sound insensitive i really don't mean it but in many ways we could consider this a new dawn new dawn yeah i mean like i just feel like every time something shuts there's an opportunity to have like a real conversation about uplifting more progressive voices and it never really comes so like hopefully that starts that yeah it's like look at the people who are here doing it already like seek them out yeah not just us but like other 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 publications other writers other people that have been like kind of standing by what they believe in for like 10 years yeah it's kind of never been easier to support writers you actually care about as well like yeah i think it's scary to be a journalist but yeah so many writers have their own platforms again now yeah lots of people are going back to blogging etc etc so yeah it's I think you know there's a lot to have hope for don't get drowned out in the sad and it's okay to mourn these things yeah especially when they were like really culturally significant like Galdem but mm-hmm. there is hope always for the future yeah I think like what you said as well like if you love a writer and just an individual you can support them in so many ways like mm-hmm. subscribe to their subs- and yeah I think like you said we kind of not return to this old model of like blogging but it feels like, you know, people will people can really stand out, and you can you can really support like the one person or the couple of people that you believe in, like their writing. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm rambling. No, uh, no, 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 no. You're fine. <laughs> but like you know, like in like the like the sixties and seventies, there was like the writers that were like the famous writers. Maybe we'll see like a return to that. I mean, I think we already have no. Yeah. Um. I think that's definitely a thing now. Yeah. For sure. Like Taylor Lorenz, e.g. Even though I know she is a uh, divisive figure. Mm. She cuts a divisive figure. But um, people like that, you know them. Like, I know who she is. I don't know where she works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, writers. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. (laughs) Writers. I wish I could. Even did jazz hands to stand by the way. I wish I could articulate myself like some of those writers. Uh, anyway. You're a writer. You're a cultural yeah. critic. Thank critic. You. I'm a cultural critic. Very British. 
Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Eden. Thanks, Ione. Thank you to all of you listeners. Thank you for listening to my rant. Sorry, everyone, for ranting. Thank you. Feeling self conscious today. Nuanced. Fingers together. Articulate points. Um, (laughs) Thank you to Olivia for editing, to Gina and Gina, Charlotte, Hattie, Grace, and Misha. We will see you next week. Goodbye. See you next week. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.